like the process here a bit, and we'll continue next week with this portion. From the 1st of January until now, we have, spoke, we have preached on the subject matter, the series, Occupy the Promise. And God is up to something. I need you to hear me. God is up to something. This past week, for the glory of Christ alone, everything is for the glory of Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. But all good things come from above. Y'all know that, right? So it's God ordained and God sustained. This past week, I got a call, and the call worked a little bit like this. Uh, Pastor Sam, we want you, one of the, the most watched news network in America called me up and said, we want you to come in and do an interview. Now, I, by the grace of God, I've been on different news networks for various reasons uh, throughout the course of the past 20 years. But uh, this was different because this time they said, we want you to come in. And I'm thinking, all right, this is Fox News. What do you want me to discuss? Politics? No. Culture? No. The economy? No. Coffee? No. What do you want me to talk about? Pastor Sam, we want you to come in. We want to fly you into LA. We want to interview you. We have one question for you. What is God doing? Now, I don't know if y'all understand what this means. This is not a Christian network. This is a cable news network that usually does politics and culture and all that. That We want you to come in and talk to us about what is God doing. I'm here to tell you, we are about to see the glory of Jesus like we have never seen before. When the secular world is asking what is God doing, it means God is doing something remarkable and people are noticing that God is up to something. If anybody saw that interview, lift up your hands if you saw it. We're at the end of the service. We, we, may, we may play it there. But it's all lining up with this particular season. Open up to Joshua chapter 3. This is the next portion. If you haven't covered our Joshua 1 and 2 yet, go back to our podcast, our app, our website, and you can cover every message preached from the beginning of the year to now. Joshua chapter 3, this is for you and your house. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left the grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Here it is. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving the following instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, which is the glory of God in a box, move out from your positions and follow them. I want to speak to you on the subject matter, crossing Jordan. Somebody say crossing Jordan. Look at your other neighbor and tell him crossing Jordan. Taking any notes, point number one that I really want you to just embrace, dig in, is crossing Jordan is not the same as crossing the Red Sea. Let me repeat that. Crossing Jordan is not the same as crossing the Red Sea. This biblical passage prompts me, provokes me, triggers me to begin today with a series of questions. And here's a question for you, and you don't have to answer, but if you're inclined to answer, you may want to confess it because in your confession there is power, Romans 10, 9. And if you confess it in agreement with your neighbor, Matthew 18, God shows up in the midst of it. So here's the first question. I don't want to be presumptuous. Are you ready to cross? 
he, let me explain what I mean. They cross from one season to another. They cross from one mandate to another. They cross from actually being under a punitive reality to entering into the promise of God. They were punished for 40 years wandering in the desert for their disobedience, for focusing on giants rather than focusing on the land with milk and honey. And as a result, they were punished for 40 years. Now they were transitioning from that punitive phase into a phase of promise. So I want to ask right now, is there anyone here ready to cross from trauma to testimony? Let me ask that one more time. Is there anybody tired of the trauma and you want to step into having a testimony? Anyone here ready to cross from drama to destiny? From surviving to thriving? From existing to abundant living? How about this, from being a victim to being more than a conqueror? Is there anyone here ready to cross from making excuses to making history? How about this one? Is there anyone here ready to cross from generational curses to generational blessings? Are you ready to cross from going around in circles in the desert to occupying all of God's promises? If you are in this auditorium, you are ready to cross. If you're streaming right now, you're ready to cross. If you're in Los Angeles, in our campus, you're ready to cross. If you came out of your Egypt of sin and you've been through your desert of development, you are ready to cross. How about this? If hell showed up against your life, if, if the prince of darkness unleashed hell against your God-ordained purpose, instead of being depressed, I would put a smile on my face because it only means that you and your family are about to cross into the promises of God. If that is you, then raise your right hand and repeat after me, just like Joshua, I'm on the edge. I'm on the banks of my Jordan. I'm ready to do this. No, no, but say it like with a little bit of swag. I'm ready to do this. I've prayed for this hour. I've praised for this hour. I've been through hell for this hour. I have battle scars for this hour. As for me and my house, I'm ready to step in. This is my hour. This is my hour. Some of you are wounded, but you're ready to go in. Some of you are wounded, but you're still worshipers. Are you with me? Some of you are broken, but you can still praise. Some of you have scars, but you're still ready to go in. We are ready to occupy God's promises. We cross. Because life, to a great degree, is a series of crossings. Crossings define us. What we cross, when we cross, how we cross, and why we cross determine what we conquer. And not all crossings are the same. Not all crossings are the same. The people of Israel experienced two significant crossings, the Red Sea and the Jordan. The Israelites crossed the Red Sea coming out of Egypt. Forty years later, the Israelites crossed the Jordan. I want to repeat this. The Jordan is not the Red Sea. And the Red Sea is not the When Joshua found himself in front of the Jordan, he realized the Israelites were almost there. They had crossed the Red Sea, survived the desert, but now 40 years later, they had to cross again. He discerned the times. He understood the difference between the two crossings. Here it is. Not all obstacles are the same. Not all warfare is the same. Not every process is the same. Not all adversity is the same. Not all seasons are the same. In other words, like the Red Sea, 
there are things you must cross on your way out. And like the Jordan, there are things you must cross on your way. This is why it is of the utmost importance for you to understand today that just like Joshua and the Jordan, what you cross before is not what you are crossing now. I will repeat that. What you cross before is not what you are crossing now. What you are facing now is not what you faced before. What you're going through right now is not the same thing you went through before. You're part of either one of two scenarios. Let me explain to you. The Red Sea generation crossed to escape Egypt. The Jordan generation crossed to conquer the promised land. The Red Sea generation crossed into an empty desert. The Jordan generation crossed into occupied blessings. The Red Sea generation saw giants. The Jordan generation defeated the giants. The Red Sea generation crossed past, chased by their past. The Jordan generation crossed, chasing their future. The Red Sea generation crossed with horses and chariots behind them. The Jordan generation crossed with milk and honey in front of them. The Red Sea generation crossed, carrying the wealth of the Egyptians. The Jordan generation crossed, carrying the glory of the living God. The former crossed the Red Sea driven by fear. The latter crossed the Jordan driven by faith. The Red Sea is what they crossed coming out of captivity. The Jordan is what they crossed stepping into the promise. I'm here to tell you by the authority of heaven, in the name of Jesus, if you are born again, if you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you already confessed with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins, that our Heavenly Father raised him from the dead to give us eternal, new, and abundant life, I'm here to tell you, glory to God, you already crossed your Red Sea. Y'all didn't get that. You already crossed your Red Sea. I must say that one more time. You're no longer in Egypt. So stop talking like Egypt. Stop walking like Egypt. Stop thinking like Egypt. Stop. No, you're no longer in Egypt. And you're not even longer in the desert. Which means what? You're no longer a slave to sin. I said you're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to your past. You're no longer a slave to your addiction. You're no longer a slave to your shame. Your season of slavery is over. Your season of captivity is over. Your season of bondage is over. Your season of Pharaoh chasing you is over. Your season of making bricks without straw is over. Because when Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, he finished it. Which means what? This season of your life, this crossing is not the Red Sea. This is your Jordan. You are here. Let me show you you. You are at the precipice. You stand at the corner of crossing and stepping into a time where the abundance of everything Jesus died for will be reflected in all aspects of your life. I'm going to repeat that one more time. You're about to go from one level of relationship with God to another level of relationship with God. You're about to go from asking God for blessings to never again having to ask God for blessings because the blessings will be overtaking you every single day of your life. Are you with me right now? You're about to go into that season. If that's you, if only if it's you, tell your neighbor, this is my Jordan. 
Tell them, tell them like you believe it. Tell them, this is my Jordan. So right now, let me just prophesy to you that what you're going through now has nothing to do with your past. What you're going through right now has everything to do with your future. In other words, you're not crossing to escape. You're crossing to conquer. You're not crossing to get out. You're crossing to get in. You're not here because hell is chasing you. You are here because you are chasing after God. So I want to ask, in the Old Testament, Joshua crossed the Jordan and the Israelites stepped into the land of milk and honey. In the New Testament, Jesus stepped into the Jordan and we stepped into the land of grace and love. I want to ask, only if you're honest, for everyone who is desperate, for everyone who has prayed long and you've just declared, you read the book and you're saying, I'm just, I, want to, I, I want to stop just reading about it. I want to stop living it. If, if you're ready to go from just near to that's it, I'm doing this. That where, where his promises become alive. Where you carry the glory every single day of your life. If you want to get into that reality. Where you're walking around with the glory of God and you think you're carrying the glory what you are. And then when you go that night, Jesus looks at you and says, did you enjoy carrying my glory? And you go, that was great. And then Jesus tells you, in reality, it was the glory that was carrying you. So... I want to ask one more time, is there anyone ready to cross? Yes. Let me really see. Is there anyone here ready to step in and occupy the abundant life that Jesus died for? Yes. He, if, let's see if you're hungry. Is there anyone here to cross, ready to go from one level of glory to the next level of glory? Yes. Is there anyone here ready to go from praying about it to walking in it? Yes. Anybody here ready to go from overwhelmed to overflow? Yes. Anyone here ready to go from reading God's word to doing God's word? If that's you, praise like you're ready to cross. Lift up your hands like you're ready to cross. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I love that. 2 Peter 3.18. Grow. This is about crossing from one phase to another. One level of maturity to the next. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. You're ready to cross. If you are, raise your right hand. We're going to pray. Every point we're going to pray. Actually decree, declare. Repeat after me. I'm about to cross. But this time, I'm not crossing the Red Sea. I'm crossing my Jordan. I'm not getting away. I'm going to. I'm stepping into the greatest season of my life. What I cross today will determine what I conquer tomorrow. And by the way, I'm not crossing alone. My family. Somebody needs to say that loud so every, somebody say, my family. There's a breakthrough that just happened in your family members and you don't even know it. I feel the Lord move. Somebody say, my family, my family, my family. Those I like and those that I don't even like are going to cross with me into that land of promise. Oh, man. So this, this idea that we're about to go from here to there. And, and this is interesting because the following portion I've never preached about before. It just hit me this week through Revelation through the Spirit. So you can't really read the book of Joshua without cross-referencing the book of Deuteronomy. 
Deuteronomy has the meat and potatoes regarding the promises. It really does. There are three promises, bare minimum. There may be even more if you could extrapolate and move some words around. But with specific verbiage, wording, phrases that show up where God says, when you cross the Jordan, I promise three things. That's great. Here it is. Crossing Jordan means it's time to dispossess and take back everything that belongs to you. I'm going to make it legal. Here's what it says. Here, O Israel, you are crossing over the Jordan today to go in and dispossess nations greater and mightier than you, great cities fortified to heaven. Deuteronomy 9.1. Now, I need to explain dispossess. It means to evict, to kick out, to remove, to address, but not just to evict. God is saying this. You're going in. You're stepping into the promise, not to take a selfie, but to kick out whatever needs to be kicked out in that place. 18% of you got it. You have spiritual authority. There's an anointing upon your life. When you step into that season, you're not there to take a selfie and go, wow. You're there to kick out every lie of the devil in the name of Jesus. You know what we need? We need a church. We need Christians to rise up with that sort of authority. When you go in, this is not about your blessing and your breakthrough. You're not going in there to go, I'm blessed and highly favored. You're walking in there to say, whatever lie of the devil has been here for generations, I'm about to kick you out in the mighty we need Christians with spiritual authority. I'm going to get in trouble now on social media. I probably will get shadow banned again. But we need to stop seeing believers sucking their thumb in a fetal position and giving everyone a version of wimpy Christianity. Christianity is not wimpy. Christianity is power. It is authority. It is anointing. It is breakthrough. Are there any Joshua's in the house ready to kick out? It's for you to go in there and kick out. To kick out. Here's the authority. The promise is you're going in there. And by the way, visually, they're going to they're gonna look mightier than you. They're going to look big. But you still have the authority to evict them. We're going to evict them. Whatever's occupying your house is about to be kicked out. Whatever's occupying your relationship is about to be kicked out. Whatever's occupying your integrity is about to be kicked out. Whatever's occupying your generation is about to be kicked out. I'm preaching now. Every multi-generational lie is about to be kicked out. Every multi-generational addiction is about to be kicked out. Every multi-generational bondage is about to be kicked out. Every multi-generational lid is about to be kicked out. But it's large and fortified. It doesn't matter. You have the anointing in the name of Jesus to cast out, to rebuke, to evict. We're stepping in. He called his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits, not to have a latte with the devil, not to do shots with demons, but to throw them out. If the church would rise up in the state of California with the attitude that you have the power, we're not talking about people 
We're talking about spirituality. We're talking about principalities, spirits, powers of darkness, everything laid out in Ephesians 6. We're going to go in there and kick it out. But that's not what dispossess completely means. Dispossess doesn't mean just to evict. It means you're going to evict, but you're going to keep what they constructed. I'm going to drop the mic and walk away. The Lord says you're crossing Jordan. When you cross in Jordan, there are people there because I gave this promise originally to Abraham. Those promises are ours through Christ, Galatians 3.29. That's the bridge. And he says, you're going to go into Jordan. But by the way, because you guys didn't obey me and you guys did the whole thing of focusing on giants and you guys were in Egypt and you guys stayed in Egypt too long after Joseph stayed there for a season, you all stayed there in perpetuity, you ended up as slaves and then later on you ended up not even listening to me again so you spent 40 more years. But put that all aside. While, while, while you were messing up over here, people started building in the land that belongs to you. But they, they, but they, not, they not only just built, they have like big stuff there and they have fortified cities and they have infrastructure and they have 5G Wi-Fi and, and, and they have everything there but, but, that, but this is what you're going to do you're going to go in there and kick them out but you're going to keep the stuff there you're going to use what they built I'm preaching now you're going to use what they built for you oh I don't know if you're understanding this you are about to step into places Steph come up here real quick let, let, this, take this verse I want you to write this verse down. This is the word of the Lord for you and your family for this season. Deuteronomy 9.1, Old Testament, New Testament, John 4.38. Read that verse. Read that verse. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. if you understand what this means I need you to get ready you won't have to start from scratch you won't need to start from scratch you are about to step into something where wherever it's not of God will be kicked out but there's something already waiting for you to see the fullness of God's glory if you receive that word shout like it's yours Matter of fact, if you receive it, tell three people around you, I'm going in. I'm about to occupy. No, say it like you believe it. I'm about to occupy. I'm about to take over. It's already waiting for me. It's already waiting for me. I'm going to kick out every devil, every demon, every legion, every lie. I'm going in. I want us all to read that verse out loud one more time. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. I feel a breakthrough in at least five, seven people right now. You and your family, you and your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children are about to occupy and live. How many believe this is the year for that for you and your house? How many believe this is the season for this, for you and your house? John 4, 38. If you believe it, say it's all mine. If it's really yours, lift up your hands really high and say it's all mine. You are about to step into stuff that's already been constructed for you. 
no stop it while you were in the desert they were building something you were going to inherit you were going to overcome and overtake do you understand that you thought you were being punished and God said you may be over here but I love you so much that even while you're over here living the consequences of your own indiscretion I love you so much I'm letting other people build the infrastructure of the blessings you are about to occupy anybody know what I'm talking about Somebody just repeat after me. It's already waiting for me. No, say it like you believe it. It's already been built for me. I don't have to start from scratch. There are resources waiting for me. There's infrastructure waiting for me. There are wineskins waiting for me. There are cities waiting for me. There, everything I need in order to occupy God's promises is waiting for me. You believe that, lift up your hands. Oh, wow, you're crossing into, oh, wow. Oh, boy, you're crossing. I sense God. You're, you're crossing to dispos, dispossess, to evict and take over and to get back and take back what was originally yours. Everybody repeat after me. I'm getting everything back. Say, I'm getting everything back. Everything God originally designed. Purpose for my life, for my family. From the beginning of time, I'm getting it all back. Right here. It begins right here, right now. I'm getting my joy back. I'm getting my peace back. I'm getting my health back. I'm getting my reputation back. I'm getting my integrity back. I'm getting it all back. In the name of Jesus, I'm getting everything back. If you believe that anointing of restoration is yours, we're done, we're done. Lift up your hands. You're crossing over into a fresh anointing, enabling you to kick out every lie of the enemy to bring good news to the poor, freedom to the captive, healing to the brokenhearted, to declare the year of the Lord's favor. You believe that? Lift up both hands. You're crossing over. It says that you're going to dispossess. You're going to evict. You're going to take over what's already built. This is so... And then... Dispossess. You're going to free to proclaim to nations, communities, and generations held captive by lies that he who the Son sets free. John 8, 36. So if you believe it's, you don't have to do this. You're not obligated. But if you believe it's time, if you, have you ever reached a point where you go enough is enough? If you've ever been there in your life, raise one hand. Like I, I got to the point in like now where I just can't, I see everything the enemy's doing and I go, No. Instead of me whining about it and posting about it, and, oh, yeah, 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 I go, no, enough is enough. If, 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 if you're with me, if you believe it's time to kick the devil out. Y'all don't believe you have the power to evict hell. If you know you have the authority in Jesus to kick the devil out, are you ready to kick him out of your family and your home and your marriage and your relationships? Are you ready to kick him out of your school and your community and your generation? If you are, just say, it's time to kick the devil out. It's time to kick darkness out. It's 
stand with me, stand, you are standing, those that are not standing, where you are washed by the blood of Jesus, filled with the spirit of Jesus, empowered with the name of Jesus, you have everything you need to dispossess every construct of the enemy in front of you. It's time to kick them out. You're crossing the Jordan to set your family and your friends free. I will repeat that. You're crossing the Jordan to kick out hell and bring down heaven. We're about to experience a freedom revival. People are about to be set free. Entire families are about to be set free. Entire communities set free. <laughs> I'm crossing over with the truth of heaven in order to kick out the lies from hell. Raise your right hand, repeat after me. I'm crossing my Jordan with holy authority to kick out and dispossess everything occupying God's promises. In Jesus' name. You really believe that? Lift up your hands. He asked me on Fox News, what is God doing? What is God doing? What is God doing? We're crossing the Jordan. Crossing the Jordan is not the same thing as crossing the Red Sea. Crossing the Jordan means that you have been authorized by heaven to dispossess, to evict, and to take over what was already built. Infrastructures, systems, delivery mechanisms, facilitative platforms, resources, we're gonna take over. Imagine people of faith inundating social media. Imagine if the majority of people on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube filled with the Holy Spirit begin to inundate social media platforms of the power and the glory of Jesus Christ. Imagine, imagine if people of faith, people that love Jesus, that means full of love, truth, grace. Imagine if we start in invading in a good way, not in some sort of militant, weird way, but in a redemptive, reconciliatory, beautiful, orthodoxy way. If we begin to impact Sacramento, the capital. Imagine if we start taking this capital, not in a we're going to take over, but rather we're going to fill this capital with the glory and the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. Can anybody come in agreement that we're about to dispossess every sphere political? How many believe Hollywood? The movie was supposed to have made $5 million. Jesus Revolution. That's it, man. Just $5 million. That was Pastor Greg, that's my buddy, Pastor Greg Laurie. That's my buddy. We've been texting throughout the course. $5 million bucks. It's already made $35 million, close to $40 million. As you stand with me, crossing the Jordan means inheritance, rest, and security. Here's the word. When you cross the Jordan, here's another promise, and live in the land which the Lord your God has given you to inherit, he will give you rest from your enemies so that you will live in security. Deuteronomy 12.10. I don't know if you got this. He says, you're going to cross over to kick out and to take over and to get back what was stolen. Then he says, you're going to go in to inherit where I will give you rest and security. How many need a season of rest? How many know that our salvation is the most glorious inheritance we have? How many can just repeat after me? Inheritance, rest, security. If you need that for your family right now, say it out loud. Say inheritance, rest, and security. 
I just sense an anointing to do this. Some of y'all have been restless in your spirit. You haven't been able to sleep at night. So many things have been just turning you around. There's an anointing of rest right now as I speak descending upon you. The Spirit of God is saying, I got you. God is taking you right now as I speak and placing you on his chest and going, I got you. Rest in me. Jesus said, what? Those that are weary and are heavy burdened, what did he promise? Come unto me and I will give you what? Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. In Jesus, we have perfect rest. Let me tell you about the inheritance. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are with the first hope to Christ might be the praise to his glory. In him, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, you believed in him. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1, 11 to 14. The Holy Spirit guarantees your future. The Holy Spirit guarantees your inheritance. The Holy Spirit is the seal. The Holy Spirit is the protector. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee. Somebody say perfect rest. Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I'm stepping into a season of holy inheritance and divine rest. Crossing the Jordan means securing your children's future. I'll repeat that. Crossing the Jordan means securing your children's future. Now I'm going to repeat that one more time. Crossing the Jordan means securing your children's future. That's for you, those that have kids and those that don't have kids. Cross, and you're going to have kids, spiritual kids or otherwise, physical kids. Crossing the Jordan means securing your children's future. Do you realize that by just saying this right now, you're telling the devil, get your hands off my children in the name of Jesus? Dear children, even their children who have not known, those that they didn't even know, will hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live on the land which you are about to cross the Jordan to possess. So this season, you're crossing over to secure the future for your children and your children's children. You're crossing over to secure God's purpose and plan for your children and your children's children. Matter of fact, here's, let me declare this. You right now are bringing issues to closure that were left open for generations. Under this anointing, you're bringing down giants that tormented your forefathers. You are shouting down walls that limited your family for generations. Because you are crossing over, your children will fear the Lord. If you believe that, shout amen. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers. Malachi 4.6, Acts 2.17, your sons and daughters, what does it say? Your sons and daughters will be drug addicts. Your sons and daughters will be in prison. Your sons and daughters will be atheists. Your sons and daughters will be destroyed by darkness. What does it promise? What does God promise? Your sons and daughters will what? Somebody give God praise just for reading that and just coming in agreement. Now repeat after me, last prayer. Raise your right hand, repeat after me. I'm crossing my Jordan, not just for my sake, but for the sake of my children and my children's children. I prophetically declare and decree that my children will never live in Egypt, that my children will not wander in the desert of survival. But as for me in my house, as for me in my house, as for me in my house, we shall forevermore 
serve the Lord. Now give him the final shout of praise if you believe all of that. Somebody praise like you're crossing. Somebody worship like you're crossing. Somebody shout out to God like you are crossing. If you got this word, lift up your hands. You are crossing Jordan. You're not crossing the Red Sea. You're about to step into the greatest, most glorious season of your life. That's not hyper-wishful thinking. The glory of Jesus is about to shine in you, with you, for you, and through you. You're about to become a magnet. A magnet. People are going to be attracted to you and just start following you like the Pied Piper. And, and it's going to look weird. You're going to walk and people are going to follow you. And they don't even know why they're following you. But because you carry the glory of God. You're about to kick out every lie of the enemy. Every lie. Every lie here, every lie here, and every lie here. You're going to kick out. You're not going to tolerate one lie ever again. Ever again. You have that anointing. And then you're going to acquire and take over stuff that was already built for you. Oh, man. You really got this word. Lift up your hands. They called me and said, tell us what God is doing. I'm just going to usually wouldn't, don't do this. But today I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to do this. Because the fact that we were on Fox News this week, we've been on countless times. But this week for this message was unique. That I've never done. And the fact that they just asked for it. In full disclosure, on other occasions, they didn't ask for it, and I gave it. I'm being honest. A couple of years ago, they had, I've been on, they asked me a question about politics or whatever, and I came around and said, you know, I, I gave them the answer, and then I went, but well, one more thing. Do you know there's still power in the name of Jesus? God is still moving across the land in the power of God. But this time, they asked for it. So I want you to receive this anointing to speak truth to go around and please, our Christianity cannot be a private thing. We must go public with this. Everyone else is going public with what they identify as, with what they feel. And yet we gather on Sundays and it's beautiful and then no one knows who we are. You are the righteousness of God. You are the apple of God's eye. Let's go public with our faith. Please put the Fox video real quick. Real quick, it's a quick video. Well, last month's religious revival at Asbury University in Kentucky continues to inspire the faithful. At the same time, the movie Jesus Revolution is becoming a big hit. My next guest says that timing is no coincidence. Let's bring in the president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference and author of Your Mess, God's Miracle, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. I mean, you say America's mess is about to become God's miracle. Expand on that for us, Pastor. We're about to doubt. It can't be a coincidence. We have an NFL football player who dies live on national television. Right. Both teams coalesce and pray. Prayerfully and thankfully, he comes back to life. The next day, an ESPN anchor prays live on national television. Then we have the Asbury Revival. The same demographic deemed as the most non-Christian demographic experiences this move of God. They pray, read the Bible, and worship. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stop day after day after day. And then we have the Jesus Revolution movie. Watch this, Trace. It was projected to make $5 million. Right, right. As of today, $30.2 million. Crazy. God is up to something. Here's what I believe. I believe America is not done with God. 
and God is not done with America. I do believe America's mess is about to become God's miracle because America is more spiritually mm -hmm. hungry than we have been, arguably, in the past 50 years. It's interesting that you think that maybe the, the beginning of the snowball was the DeMar Hamlin thing when you saw the players around there and they were all bowing and praying and then there was prayer afterwards and so forth, and he's very spiritual. Does, you think that might have been the trigger point? I do believe there are trigger points. There are things that may initiate, that may prompt this thing we call a revival, a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. This beautiful young man, on the field. He gives credit to God. Yeah. He gives credit to the medical community, of course, but to those that prayed and interceded. It's prayer that initiates, if my, if my people, who are called by my name, yeah. humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. It's a biblical prescription in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. Prayer and hunger equals revival. Yeah. Uh, the New York Times writes in an op-ed quoting here, it reads in part, and if you're imagining a renewal for American Christianity, all the best laid plans, the pastoral strategies, theological debates, and long-term trend lines may matter less than something happening in some obscure place or to some obscure individual in whose visions an entirely unexpected future might be taking shape. Is there any credence do you find in that statement that maybe it, maybe it happened somewhere, the butterfly effect where it happened somewhere, and now it's all coming to fruition in, I in this country? I just believe it's coming to fruition, but America's not looking for a new religious wineskin. I think we're coming to this, this reality, this realization, and the most powerful spirit in America is not mm -hmm. what we think. It's not chaos, anarchy, moral relativism, cultural decadence, deconstructionism, the idea of sacrificing logic and common sense and reason on the altar of political or cultural expediency. What if I tell you the most powerful spirit in America is still the Holy Spirit of God? That that spirit is still moving. And yeah. I do believe we're about to see some wonderful ramifications, some outcomes that will impact every sector of society. Well, I, you already see it. I mean, you know, we, we went to Mass last week, and, and it, was, it was a crowd you haven't seen in a long time. Churches are coming back to pre-COVID numbers. All the projections of you're going to lose 30% of your parishioners in perpetuity all of a sudden. Our churches are just packing out in Sacramento and Los Angeles, in New York, in Orlando and Dallas. People are attending mass, attending services. Mm -hmm. It looks like pre-COVID days, but more importantly, with greater spiritual fervor and hunger. Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, good luck on the book. Thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me.